This is Infection, the Survival Podcast, reported live on Tuesday, May the 10th, 2022, episode 382. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the Survival Podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. You can check me out on various social media platforms by visiting my handles at Nicholas M. Craig on Twitter. You can visit my website, nickcraig.net or nickcraig.com for all of my other social media channels and download the Wilmington's Morning News podcast wherever you find your podcasts. You can also check out our website at infectionpodcast.com where you'll find all of the various topics and things that we talk about on this illustrious program. Speaking of illustrious programs, it can't be done without an illustrious guest and an uh, illustrious host, I should say, and an illustrious background. Yeah, Brian, what is is this background that you're rocking here today? This is... uh, I mean, is this, this a Harry, is actually, is this sort of Harry Potter RP? What's going on here? Yeah, the, I, this is that new Harry Potter game that they uh, the game. It looks great. And then on the, the Nintendo Unreal DS? Legend 5, it's beautiful. No. <laughs> <laughs> they upgraded the Unreal Engine 5 at the last minute. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a piece of software that uh, that Microsoft had in what Windows 95. It was, before, I think it was I think, even, I think it was before 95 would have been, I think they had it in Windows 3.1 originally yeah. is, you know, you, you could get it for, uh, but it was one that I think they kind of stopped at Windows 95 or something like that. Like it was no longer supported probably at the 64 bit when they jumped to that or something. Uh, but this, uh, well, let's, we'll get into the story later, but this is an image, uh, from that software. It's a, it's a graphic or whatever, uh, but you can make. 3D, 3D movie little maker. movie scenes. Yeah, little movie scenes and have a 3D environment and walk your actors through. And I never really had seen it before, but uh, with with what we're going to talk about today, I did a little research and it looks pretty cool. And we'll have some things that we'll talk about with it that I think it'll go forward and actually go somewhere. So just cryptic enough since they don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, there we'll you go. In here a bit. Um, where can people find you uh, online, Brian? Yeah, if you want to find me, uh, you get me at Brian Aldridge and Gab, Parlor, Getter, uh, and at Boise Computer on Twitter. And I did, uh, on my blog, I did add oh. that. So you can oh, find on, my sorry. Twitter on my blog, bydevtech.com. How, uh, of of how many versions of WordPress were you behind when you logged into your website? No, no, all my stuff auto- updates automatically. Hmm. Everything on my server updates on a regular basis nightly. Well, this. Yeah, so there, there's Twitter. We got Twitter on there now. Uh, I still haven't tweeted anything. I, well, yeah, 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 three followers. Yeah. <laughs> it's growing regularly. One, okay. one a week. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, me, Jonesy, and Bob. I think are your three followers. I, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try not to comment on anything because I don't want all the weird followers. Yeah, it's literally that's it. it, it, it yeah, uh, yeah, it's literally me, <laughs> UGX Five, and Jonesy. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it clean right now, so you're I haven't commented. Trying to, you're on not trying to keep it clean. Post. Your first comment was, "Wow, any... this place is a liberal cesspool." But that was. That's my own little echo chamber because if you're not following it, if nobody's following you yet, and I said it before, you, you like this, me, it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, dang it, I did. Darn it. Okay. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. No, I, I liked it. it Why like, did you create a Twitter if you're not gonna do anything with it? I, I use it as a newsreader. That's it. I like to curate news through it. That's all I care yeah, about. But you just created an account like two weeks ago. What do you mean you like to curate news through it? No, but that's what I used it for before. I used it just to read the news because you could, oh, you yeah, could that's follow what I, yeah. all the. A lot yeah. of reporters, a lot of news uh, news outlets. Agreed. And you could get current news on a regular basis. That's what I liked about it. That's what I used it before. Mm. Before, but when they started pulling, getting into politics, that's when I stepped out and just said no more. Now that that, that pro- looks like it's going to change as far as everything going forward, I'm willing to be a part of it again. The, what's the best thing? If I don't agree with something, you know, we were talking about this in the pre-show. What's the best thing I can do? I can do an action that either uh, makes it to where I don't give them money or I can go vote somewhere and try to make some change. Well, I didn't like what they're doing. And so, you know, I make little changes. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. Anyways, uh, oh, let's go ahead and continue. If you want to find, uh, if you want to go to our website, as Nick said, infectionpodcast.com. On there, we have our video forms of the podcast, Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. Uh, we audio forms at the lower right-hand side. 
if you for whatever device you want to listen on desktop or on a web based a lot of things you could do there um and then discord if you want to join our arc servers got a lot of arc servers going on 10 in fact uh those are all going and people are logged into those all the time um also we have a news channel if you want to submit a topic that you think that we should be covering maybe we missed something or you want to give some input on something just jump in the news channel and you can post those there uh and just a lot of people hanging out and you're more than welcome to do that it's totally free uh if you're going to listen to the podcast though i encourage you to go to the episode that we're going to be doing and just follow the show notes because we've got a video audio player in there and we have links for all the topics that we discuss so maybe there is a video that you want to see but you're listening to the podcast you can jump on there play that video uh and and get caught up and be able to see what you were, uh, were listening to it's a big difference sometimes um, of course, if you want to support the show, we got the support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. We got Prime Gaming subs, Humble Bundle, um, Subscribe Star. A lot of ways that you can do that that all go towards hopefully another in person convention. <laughs> I swear it'll happen again and uh, won't be a big deal at that point. Yeah, hopefully at, uh, hopefully at some point. All right. Um, yes. Well, we have got a, a lot to get into today, Brian. We've got a lot of news kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. So I want to let's start off with this because this is a big story and this is something that we've been following for quite some time. It's dealing mm -hmm. with Epic, of course, their most popular game, Fortnite, and a relationship with probably an unsuspecting partner, that being Microsoft. Well, a new I I don't even know if you'd call it a partnership, but I guess for the for this in for this the bit of information I will call it a partnership, Microsoft has added Fortnite to its Xbox cloud streaming program. So we know that there's yes. this big ongoing legal battle between Apple and Epic over Epic. And you can argue over Apple's terms of service, but Epic purposefully and knowingly and willingly violated Apple's terms of service. Now, you, we can argue monopolies yes. and all that stuff. Apple's terms of service are very clear. You cannot use a third-party payment system or a third-party system to charge for subscriptions in-app. They have to go through the app store so that Apple gets their cut. Fortnite was selling mm -hmm. V-Bucks and other crap through their Epic account on the iPhone, which they're not allowed to do. They did it willingly, and they got slapped down, and they deserved yep. it. I mean, they they purposely broke the terms of service. They, they knew broke what the they terms were of service. Exactly. Yep. Again, you can argue over the terms and all this other stuff. The point is they knowingly broke the terms of service. So since then, Fortnite has not been on the iPhone. It has been unavailable for people to play on the iPhone. Well, that has changed until, well, there was other options to play, but the most mainstream way and the most popular way to play it um, obviously would be to download it, but that's not going to be possible so where do we turn the conversation to streaming? And now due to a partnership between Microsoft and Epic, Fortnite, the Xbox version, the console version of Fortnite is now playable for free through the Xbox cloud gaming app. All you literally have to do is go to xbox.com forward slash play and you can stream Fortnite directly to your um, directly to your phone through yep. this play service. Now it is important to note that um Nvidia help me. Uh GeForce Now. Oh, the Shield? No, oh, okay, no. GeForce now. now has had this, but of course it's the PC version of Fortnite. Yeah. And the idea of playing the PC version when you're dealing your with people phone. with keyboards and mouse with you with your touch controls well, and that's kind the thing is Xbox has optimized the controls and they've made it where it actually works pretty well using a touchscreen. And a lot of these other ways that you would do this, the, the controls were pretty janky. Whether you're doing a, a, some sort of a streaming app from your computer or you know the, the different ways that people were trying to stream to their phones, it seems like the controls were always an issue. And I think with, with this, someone could get a tablet and use the controller connected to their tablet and pretty much play like it's local, you know, like it's a full machine. And I, I think that that's where you're going to start seeing these things go. I, I think this is going to be the movement past. Um, let's bring in another another topic, another article that actually segues perfectly for this, because at the Xbox Game Pass uh, is going to be making a streaming puck. 
pretty much what we've been saying on yeah, the this show. Super interesting. For a, a long time, it, they the consoles are going. You know, I've been. I feel like I've been. I've been saying this. You know, yelling it out like a. You know, the, con the consoles are going. The consoles are going. <laughs> the, <laughs> the consoles are leaving. But they are. <laughs> yeah, they, um, no, you're right. They I, are. I, I, I don't know if I. It might be uh, in in some later articles, but I, I came across one where PlayStation has way. I don't think I put it in the links, but way way underperformed in in console sales uh, because of the hardware shortage. Well, what did we say a year ago or at least? I think that they're going to make it to where they go to little devices that don't need a lot of hardware and they'll stream them very much like what the Chromecast and all that uh, did originally. That's the direction all this is going. And, and because this is going to be cheaper, they're going to get near the same performance because your average kid is worried about the ping anyways on their connection if they're doing Call of Duty or something that they think is fast paced. A lot of people have fast connections and they're getting these to where... Uh, you're not really even noticing the delay. You know, that's how near perfect they've got it. And I don't, you know, they're doing hardware tricks and all kinds of things to make that happen, but they're obtaining it and it's getting playable. And I think this is the way of the future to where it doesn't matter where you play uh, more. It's the controllers that you're willing to deal with or the screen size that you're willing to deal with. You know, do you want to play on a tablet or you can play on your TV with the, with the puck? It's going to be like having an Xbox, but there's going to be no way to install anything. It's going to be a streaming-only Xbox, which two years ago, I think people would have said, what? No way. Maybe three years ago. That's that, that, no way would I want that. I want to be able to install, and I, but I think they're getting past that now because not having the newest hardware, uh, I feel like people are getting frustrated uh, and they want something different. They want to have access to RTX and what looks, you know, because it'll, I assume it can display it to you in RTX because you're just seeing uh, an image of what the a screen data looks stream. Like. So, yeah. Yeah, and so it should look like whatever the latest hardware that they want to provide you and the latest technology, and you don't have to sit there and keep buying hardware because what happens with every single Xbox, the second that an Xbox comes out, it's already getting out of date because when they come out something next year that maybe requires a certain chip or a certain piece of hardware, guess what? Your Xbox isn't getting it. It's stuck on that DirectX 12 whatever that they're they're putting in there because you know there was a period of time where either your video card was DirectX 12 or it wasn't, you know, and you weren't going to get those better graphics without it. Um, you know, they, whatever that same thing is, or whether beyond this RTX and all these features we're seeing, there's going to be something else that they're going to put on. And guess what? Are you going to wait five years for them to put out another Xbox to get that feature, or four years? Uh, I, this puts that out the window. It's now whatever they want to put in their hardware and whatever whatever they consider the Xbox to be. With their data centers, that's what the Xbox is. There's no limits, and there's no connection limits. You won't have to deal with ping uh, between players because they'll all be local, and they're just seeing a representation of their screen. I mean, it, it, I think it'll be better in the end because you'll be able to do big worlds, and it'll it won't matter how fast your Xbox is as long as they can stream it to you at that fast. They can give you whatever they want. So I, I think this is definitely. They say it's coming in the next 12 months, so we should be seeing this hardware device. Put out by Microsoft in the next 12 months. I I agree. And I'm very curious to see how this is all going to, to, to kind of work out. And I think, you know, we might be able to argue over, well, is Microsoft really leading this and, and all of this other stuff? I think the clear answer is yes, that they are. Um, speaking of streaming, Brian, just for the hell of it, while you were talking there, I went ahead and... Um, installed the um or opened up the uh the microsoft little thing through the xbox cloud play um and here it is streaming in from my phone and it was literally as simple as um going to the source and adding it as a um or adding it as a bookmark and yeah. there's you can see there's the Xbox control, so that's pretty neat. Um, you can definitely tell that it's streaming um, just by looking at it. But you can see there's all of your little controls and everything. Yeah. And uh, and the, yeah. no more installs. I mean, it's just like movies. Most people don't even think about well, you know, the disc or how big is the file. 
they are streaming off of Netflix. They don't even really think about their bandwidth because most people have unlimited now. Uh, so you know, it kind of opens up. I, I think this is great because it opens up the possibilities of what you can do, especially with online, big open world games. No longer having to worry about and cheaters too. Because um, if you get it to where maybe you can be on a server where it's all people using this remote play, other than using an app that maybe does an aimbot based on AI uh, visual detection. Yeah, screen look or which, something like that. Yeah, and I actually have a demonstration of that later in the podcast that we'll be showing. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's they're not going to be inspecting the process. They're not going to be injecting things. All they can do is react to the visuals that are coming up to them. They won't be able to look through walls and do a lot of those things. So I think it really levels the playing field. You know, this becomes really common beyond a server where it's all people on these on this type of a connection so yeah. that we don't have to deal with people that are able to inject and then sit there and hack away it's cool i mean I, obviously yeah i, I don't it, it's fast obviously, you know, obviously i don't fast, have a no yeah it's it's sitting at this screen because i didn't create a fortnite because i didn't log in with my fortnite account because i don't know what it is um mm -hmm. but i just wonder like what else is like so this is available for me to play anything on here right I, but I, I, I think you need Game Pass different. Ultimate, which I don't. I have, have. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, I have the Ultimate one. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of stuff on here, um, like the Hitman trilogy. Yeah, you need. It looks like you need that too for. Hmm. So maybe my Game Pass I, doesn't get me. I, yeah, I'm not sure what my Game Pass gets me, but well, that's kind of the beauty of it. Is if I wanted to put that app on one of our kids' phones then they could stream and it'd be just like the xbox when they go on the xbox and it would use the their parental controls of the xbox and all that i think it it adds a lot of benefit to where you don't have to worry about installing things on a a tablet or a mobile device you yeah know, i mean stream it all just like netflix well it does look like it is an app it is just a book it's a safari bookmark to yeah the xbox game pass page and you can see all of the stuff on here and and everything like that so pretty neat yeah oh yeah i like Escape it three <laughs> in skyrim i mean you can just play skyrim on, online yeah, yeah there you go play it on any so, device pretty neat cool partnership between microsoft and fortnite um i'm surprised it took this long and i'm gonna mm -hmm. maybe i'll uh buy game pass ultimate for a couple of months and see how it goes but brian it, it between it that story the story you just mentioned about them either coming out with a puck or built-in apps to smart TVs, especially more of the budget TVs. Yeah. You know, they can, I'm sure they can include an app with Samsung and, and LG, but the real question is, can they get their tech well enough to run on the Hisense, the, the Vizio, yeah. the, the, these more consumer-oriented brands, or do you have to buy the $2,700, you know, LG OLED to get the app and then, and then get a separate the thing streaming is, puck? So... That, well, and that's the thing is that's where just you'll get the device. It'll be just like a Roku, you know, but made by Microsoft. You, you plug it in, yeah, but turn look it at, on, link it to your account. But look at how successful Roku TV has become with certain brands that are building the Roku OS. Well, they'll build them in. Bake. So that's what my question yeah. is going to be is the newer which... ones. I'm, I'm sure they will start because this is huge because Microsoft has the ability to really market this. How they cool would be it like, be? Hey, put this, put it on your TV and we'll, we'll promote whatever well and i think it's going to come down to the power of those televisions because even though you're not obviously streaming you're obviously you're not uh you know uh, rendering the game you're going to have to have a tv that supports a controller which i'm uh, i don't know of how many tvs right now have bluetooth that support a controller but that's obviously going to be something um but you also need enough power brian to probably do an h265 or some sort of other kodak decode to do at, much lower bandwidth and yes and, you, yeah, and and h265 and h264 you know they're, they're they can be a little bit intensive so i'm not sure that your you know 299 walmart special will be that you will probably have to buy the the puck the box whatever but it would be cool to yep. get you know like maybe your upper end vizios or something like that that already have smart tv functionality built in to just have the xbox stuff built right into it or you get these TVs that have Amazon built right in or Roku built right in and have Xbox built right in. Now you don't need anything. 
You talk about having no cables, nothing. Hook the thing up yep. to Wi-Fi, plug in your sound bar, and you're done. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know that the Roku will get it because the Roku is kind of no, weird Roku's not with how they it. do controllers. They, they, yeah. they do not like Bluetooth controllers. Um, I don't see them doing it. But, the, hey, that's going to be something that they gonna, they'll have to look at because if I'm plugging in another device that lets me install another app that I use that replaces that Roku for me, why would I switch back? Because you know Microsoft is going to make it to where, you know, if they give you a device, you can install the Game Pass, but you can also install Netflix and you can also install Plex. You can also install whatever. Uh, if they can make that interface friendly enough, why would I need to go back to my Roku? That's going to be something they're going to miss out on if they continue to push against this online gaming because they, you know, they don't want their controllers to be, you know, not used. And I don't know, could, and I don't know why they're so uh, they adamant about it. They have got a very locked down platform, um, which I think has it's their biggest strength, their biggest yeah. um, disadvantage. You know, you can't sideload apps, really. Uh, it's a very yeah. locked down ecosystem, which is good because it's allowed it to kind of grow in the non techie community where you literally buy yeah. the Roku. There's no funny Plug business of yeah. sideloading an app or anything weird like that. Um I mean, I've sw I've had all Roku's and I and I'm a big 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 fan of Roku, but yeah, I don't I don't foresee them. I mean, maybe maybe Microsoft them pen a deal, but it doesn't. They're one of the like biggest it. streaming. Well, it would one of the biggest streaming devices in the country. This would be that would be huge for them. But you know what? Roku would have to change their hardware, and I don't know if the limitation is hardware. If the limitation is software, it's software. That it's a hundred percent software. You're because the Roku if they Ultra, open up that gate. You're like, okay, hook your your controller up to your Roku today and start gaming. Well, and and I think that's, that's what they could do. And I'm sure Microsoft is currently barking. Well, Microsoft probably already barked up that tree. Maybe that's why they're producing their own streaming stick. Because it's so funny. You know, Brian, you open the conversation with hardware is dead. And it appears yeah. that because Microsoft probably can't find a partner like Roku to get out yep. of the hardware market, they're going to have to get back into the hardware market to build some sort of streaming device. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because, well, there's a number of reasons it's unfortunate, but um, it would be nice, especially you're talking about the Roku Ultra, which isn't, you know, it's an, it's an expensive device. You're talking about a $90 device that has the ability yeah. to do 4k video. There is some power yeah. there. Absolutely. And there's, there's, there's no question it could decode whatever sort of uh you yeah. know 4k That's or whatever sort of streaming device. content yeah amazon is a competitor they, they are a competitor in the streaming business they are not going to want to do this they no amazon is going to want to compete with them not work with them and so i just don't see it happening with any of those hardware devices the fire sticks um chrome google uh, whatever the, who who talks about the chromecast anymore they lost they lost their opportunity um, their streaming device is pretty much dead. You know, I don't see why Microsoft, or sorry, I, I don't see why they would move forward with Google even attempting to do any of their streaming stuff because I feel like Microsoft knows they could do it better than Google did um, with their streaming services. So, I, I, you know, Microsoft, they have all the things, almost everything else is in-house. You know, they have their own data centers. They've bought all of these uh, these companies. They have all their, a lot of, of, of different games to, to showcase on this it makes sense for them to make hardware they make the xbox this is like the xbox you know and they can brand it xbox whatever you know this makes sense for them to do and this steps them one close you know much a little bit farther away from the whole xbox hardware people well, will stop envisioning that as xbox and the service will be the xbox and and on kind of another vein and obviously this is going to be a long-term conversation so it's not like this is going to go yeah. anywhere anytime soon to me, the biggest loser in this, Brian, could be Roku and Amazon, because if the, yeah. you know, Microsoft, I doubt and I could be wrong now out of the gate, it might be like this. I doubt Microsoft is going to build a device that does nothing but streaming Xbox games. First of all, I don't yeah. think I, I think that would be a huge waste of an opportunity for them. They will likely yeah create some sort of either Roku or Amazon Fire equivalent and bake their yep. streaming service right into it. And if that's the case, Brian, yep. if it has Plex and Hulu and Netflix and, and, and all of these other services, 
I'll probably, you know, on your main TV, you'll probably get one of those and get rid of your Roku because why would you want a Roku and having to switch back and forth between different sources when you want to do this, that? Microsoft might very well be making their own equivalent to a streaming device. Uh, they've obviously yep. got the technology and the resources to do it. So yep. let it let the chips fall where they may. But I think Roku and, and Amazon could be big losers from this. Yep, And most people only run a few apps. You know, they may oh, have yeah. a bunch of apps on their streaming device. But you know what? They, they only use a couple. Netflix and Hulu or whatever it is that they use. Two, three apps max. Your average user does not use five, six, seven apps. So as long as it has those main apps for those people, why would they they move? Well, and yeah. I bet you the, the controller will be a lot more flexible. They'll probably have all kinds of controllers because it'll be Bluetooth that you can use to control that TV. That'll open up that whole market too. They're oh. having really cool Bluetooth controllers for your TV. Speaking of speaking of really cool, cool Bluetooth controllers, Brian, we absolutely yeah. need to bring back this legend of a controller, the Xbox 360 Media Remote, Brian. This thing is the pinnacle of technology. Does it not only have nine buttons? It's got a Windows start key, the Xbox buttons, uh, a D-pad for moving, start and rewind controls, DVD settings, the Xbox button, open uh, open and close. Brian, this is the pinnacle of remotes, and I will be very disappointed if I could not get this to work with my new Xbox streaming stick. This thing it this probably will make co- it to where you can somehow use your old, old, old Xbox. This is a cool ass remote. Works. They just need to put an IR blaster on it, and you can get any of these things. <laughs> any of these things will work. Yeah. Yeah. I Bring know. back the Xbox 360 media remote. Someday. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. An absurd so, example of a remote, by the way. I, I, are you right? Do you want to talk about the thing that we opened the show with? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. We can my, touch on my that background quickly. here. Yeah. All right. So let's go and talk about a tweet that was made by a 27-year-old, uh, well, about this 27-year-old program. Um, and 3D Movie Maker is one that was out, uh, well, 1995, I think, is yeah. when it released. 1995 mm-hmm. is when it was released. Uh, and I guess there's still a group of people that play around and do a lot of stuff with this, whatever. There's, there's people doing all kinds of things. This guy decided that he would uh, tweet uh, one of the developers at Microsoft and, and tweet directly at Microsoft. And he said, Hey, give me the source code to 3d movie maker. You released it in 1995 and I want to expand and extend it. My DMS are open. I'll help uh, you open source it. And then he goes through and starts talking about it in, you know, sub tweets. Uh, talking about, uh, you know, how well the the things that he's done and the people, you know, what the people are using it for, uh, and at the very end, you see a response from one of the uh, developers, and he pretty much says that they've open sourced it uh, and it was done seven days ago, so it's now on GitHub. And this, the big thing about this is that this version doesn't compile. But you know, what people will do is they can go and fork this pro, uh, project and then fix it. They can. Why does why does this version the libraries? There's some library that's missing, right? It's a direct. It's like a 3D library, right? Yeah, there might be one that's not open source. I think there yeah. is something that isn't open source that they couldn't include that wasn't for them to be able to open source. So that's not included. But I'm sure that something will be done quickly you know people will be working on this uh and they'll make a version that does work and who knows i'm sure they'll upgrade it i'm sure there'll Look be at a brian that's exactly how it was hold on it was you <laughs> well let's see where is this hold on look at it's you <laughs> your background <laughs> uh-huh. i know hey look <laughs> there we are uh so this uh this this i thought was very interesting because this is kind of microsoft's new approach to things before they were so anti-Linux, they wanted to compete with Linux. Well, why would you want to compete against an open source? And that's what they've kind of uh, opened up to with going with uh, something other than their Internet Explorer. They, you know, they, they went and pretty much became Chromium with their Edge browser. Uh, they, they've installed where you can have Linux integrated into your Microsoft Windows machine. Um, at the command line, you can run Linux commands. Um, 
they've really opened up to Linux or open source in the last 10 years. And so this, this really shows their dedication to this. And it would be nice with some of these old uh, programs. You know, my, my wife said, well, why not, you know, paint or, you know, your notepad program. Why not open source those things so people can go and make plugins and add-ons and do cool things with those programs. And Microsoft doesn't have to do all that in-house. I think the operating system should be integrating and really trying to take advantage of much as much open source as possible because look at all the open source uh, open source resources that are out there that if you can people can freely install and if you don't view those as competition just like ubuntu and all that they try to make it as easy as possible to install whatever you want you know oh go here install this install that um that i think if microsoft you know that continues to go this way you know and they're using their store and having a lot of the free things you can but start integrating more open source so that you, you view the Windows machine as having just as many capabilities as Linux. That's how you compete against Linux, is make it so people can run Linux in Windows. Don't make them leave. I, I Everybody likes to give Microsoft a lot of crap. And some mm -hmm. of it is rightly deserved. Absolutely, no yeah. question about it. But it really is interesting to see over the past couple of decades... Well, not the past couple of decades, the last decade, and you might even be able to hyper-focus to the last five years, that this is not the same company that a lot of people have that had their gripes with back in the you know mid-2000s, no. in the 90s. This is a different company now. The fact that you know, they've, as you mentioned, you highlighted all of the different things they've done with open source. They've, I mean, Christ, they bought GitHub, for Christ's sakes. Um, yeah. you know, all of the different exactly. software that they've made available over the last little bit um, and just some of the other things that they're doing. Microsoft just seems to really be placing themselves as a, um, I don't even know what you call it, Brian. They just seem to be putting themselves in a really good position in so the many different markets. Yeah, there than you go. An the ally. Right? Well, they're an ally. Yeah, an ally to the community. And that's <laughs> the ally to the open source community. Uh, and that's what that's how a good guy Microsoft, Brian. Yeah, they're making themselves look like the good guy when a lot of companies are choosing to be polarizing. They're yeah. choosing to take a stake uh, that 50% of America is going to be against. And Microsoft, I think, is saying, well, why would we do that? You know, they're trying to stay out of the politics when a lot of other companies aren't. Uh, and, and it's working very well for them. And they're doing things that they view as right. You know how Google used to say, don't be evil. Wasn't that Google? Not That wasn't Apple, right? It was e Google that said, uh, you know, don't be evil. Well, Microsoft is living that. When people viewed them as evil, as you said, years ago, and viewed, that, you know, viewed them as kind of what was holding back computing because Windows was so closed and everything had to be Windows, um, and they realized their limitations, I think, at one point and said, you're right. Why don't we open this thing up? And make it to where we're not the thing that's bottlenecking everything and that's what i feel like they've been doing they've been be like let's stop being the bottleneck and let's help and yeah. they've started uh giving to linux you know uh giving code to linux and, and 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 doing submits and all that they have started doing a lot and i think they did it in the right way rather than have it just be dollar signs oh we donated to the linux society or you know whatever they, they instead, they, they started putting their money and their work where their mouth was and started giving to the community with work. And that's what the open source community wants. They don't want money. They want you to give them code. That's what they like. Yeah. No, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, I think it's very interesting to watch. And uh, I, maybe this uh, maybe this software will make its way uh, into more of a public uh, light. And uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see what comes of the I'm sure somebody will make it so that it can generate render 4k footage or 8k footage or something oh, yeah. like that so um there's That's a lot what I of love other about open source let people do it absolutely there's a lot of other microsoft news brian i don't know how much deeper we want to go into it um no i think that covers it we can yeah there's there's some there's, some there's some stuff with activision blizzard and and whatnot i'm not necessarily sure we, we can come back to some of that stuff probably at a later time but I do want to mention this because a nearly two decades long relationship is officially over um, this yeah. after EA has officially announced that it is ending um, its relationship with FIFA. It's over. They made it official today. 
um, and I've got to pull back up the name, but it's going to be um, it's going to be called uh, EA you know, Sports something, Football Club, something of that nature. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called, um, and that is what they will be doing going forward. Um, there's been a very little information uh, as to exactly why all of this has gone down. Um, but both EA and FIFA have confirmed uh, that they are splitting and it will be FIFA 22, which is the current one that is, um, you know, out there right now. And that's going to be going away. And then moving forward, um, it's they're going to be calling it. It's just according to EA Sports and it will still include um, a whole bunch of teams uh, you won't see FIFA World Cup stuff in there, any of that. But um, a I don't very think people interest- really care so much about that, right? I mean, well, here's the thing, though: make the game I, fun, have well, cool arenas, and make your own nec- tournaments. I don't necessarily think it made the game fun. I think what it was was the brand recognition. I think you had so many people, at least here in the, you know, and again, we're talking. Let's talk about it from the western from the western hemisphere where we are, Brian, because it's completely different over in the uk soccer aka football is not a popular sport here in america now it's gaining in popularity understood but it is nothing like baseball and american football and hockey and things like that so i think the big connection was that fifa is soccer and the only soccer is fifa and to be fair, that's been the relationship. EA and FIFA have been building these games since the early 2000s. I mean, you can buy PlayStation. The yeah. last PlayStation 2 game that was made was like FIFA 2007 or something like that. It was the last printed well, I mean, PS2 game. So it's a huge brand recognition. Would it be equal to pretty much the NHL being taken off of like NHL 98? Uh, yeah, exactly. 100%. Rather than an NHL whatever. You know, it was now a uh, sports hockey club. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much because I, you know, I play hockey. So that means a little more than the soccer. But I don't, you know, it may, as long as you make the game where it has all the teams, you know, how are you going to get up? How have they gotten around this with licensing? Because I know if you separate no from NHL, all of those team names are Gone. under the NHL, yeah. right? How do you do this? Do you make fake teams that kind of represent or close similar colors to? And, you know, just to skirt the whole copyright and licensing um, lines, make logos that kind of look, you know, silly with that name, whatever. I mean, they could get away with it. Well, but, but will people want to play it if it's that drastically different? Well, they're not going to get away with it. And I'll tell you why, because now FIFA is apparently in the business and now working and trying to come up with a partnership with a different studio to publish their own FIFA game. So now... A market that has not had competition. FIFA has been the yeah. only soccer game that has been available. At least, uh, there, there's, there's the, like that other like football manager. I don't know if that's an actual game or if it's literally a manager game. Um, I think it was a manager game. So, I've not really, I've not played it. But uh, I've yeah, I've not it. played it either. Um, but with this being the case, you'd literally be looking at two potentially, you know, triple A style soccer games. So. This is going to be very interesting to watch. And again, why did this yeah. happen? There doesn't appear to be any, like, there's nobody's attacking one another. Everybody seems to be kind of cool with it. It's just very I think it was odd. The money. It, well, meant, I think it must the have money. been licensing. Because the, the licensing fees that they were paying just for the FIFA brand, for them providing nothing else than the name, was was huge. It was, it was like, a huge, I don't remember if it was like 60% of the total, like they were paying them, but it was something silly. Um, and so that was from what I remember when this started, that's what I remember hearing was it was all about the licensing fees. Now having the two as competition, I think that's great because it's now going to make them not stagnate because what's happened with FIFA over the years, it's been the same game, a little bit better graphics every year. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing over and over again, at least with most of those sports games, that's what they end up doing. Is getting it to where it's pretty much the same game, slightly changed, a little bit better graphics with the new people, new uh, rosters, and, yeah. You know, yeah, a new roster. And I think now that's going to be to where okay, well, you're going to have to provide more than just the same game because guess what? If your competition comes out with this new feature that's really cool, it makes people they're going to go play that one rather than reskin of the previous. So, year. 
Let me ask you this. Um, FIFA obviously now searching around for a new partner. There's really only a couple of companies on board, a, co a couple a couple of companies. Now, obviously, they could go with an indie studio or a smaller studio, but I don't think that's what they're going to want to do. One that comes to mind immediately is Ubisoft. I don't, they've, they are one of the smaller companies that's still available. One of the last ones that are, yeah. <laughs> Activision well, what about, Blizzard. What about Microsoft and Activision? Well, what that's what I was going to say. So you've got Activision Blizzard. That's Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Activision, I don't know the last time they produced a sports game. Uh, but th they seem like but they, they could, could be a contender. It's their, more their style. Yeah. Bungie, you could look over at Sony. That could be an option. Or maybe Sony or Microsoft does this as an exclusive. Rockstar, I don't think, is interested in it at all. Um, what if each console took one of the other? You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, FIFA, EA's going to... PlayStation 1, and this, this well, other e one is the... EA's going to continue... Microsoft. I assume EA's going to continue to do their... They're, they're going to be calling it EA Sports FC, EA Sports Football Club. That's going to be available on both platforms, but I could totally see FIFA partnering up with either Xbox or Sony to make their premier game because it's a very big market. It's a FIFA's one yeah. of the most popular games every year that gets sold. Yep. Um, so this yep. is a quite quite the shakeup for sure. Yeah, and, and we'll see if this is kind of a sign of things to come. Uh, if if this works to where they're able to step away and still be successful, are other these other games that are tied to some association that's costing them a huge amount of money, are they going to see as a possibility to drop them and move on? You know, yeah. Do people care about it saying NBA? Do people care about it saying NHL? Well, here's We're going to find out if this actually sells. Well, see, there's a big difference, though, between FIFA and the NHL and the NBA, because if you get rid of the NHL and the NBA, you cannot have any of the players. Or the teams. Yeah. Well, and that's the, how's that work with FIFA? Because that's why. Because not do not they, every club. Do they have no, licensing a, over any of it? Well, they do, but not every club is a FIFA club. There's plenty of clubs that aren't oh, FIFA. Okay. So, so so they only don't get the, or, the FIFA club. Or those clubs those clubs are affiliated with FIFA. They might be able to also like because I saw this. But they this, may not be exclusive. Something like that. Yeah, I know that every team is not FIFA. Uh, there are so many leagues all throughout Europe and that and whatnot that, that play. That's not the case with the NHL, the NBA, or MLB. I mean, if you got rid of See, MLB baseball, of like that, that's why I'm they're not wondering, like, how in the world could they split like this and have it be anything of the same game? So if they can keep a lot of those player relationships and team relationships, people might be able to go on and not really realize that the FIFA you know, whatever the FIFA teams were are different. You know, there's something else there that maybe makes people be like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, yeah, I mean, football team. Oh, that's he, represent the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Well, so here, here's an example. This is just from this article. Uh, here's Liverpool. They put out a tweet. Uh, we're in the club, EA football club, man, uh, Manchester city. They've posted that they're in it. Um, so you can already see some clubs are already posting and obviously Liverpool and Manchester City are, are, are large teams um, that are that are going to be in this. So uh, you can yeah. see a little bit there, uh, you know, kind of how that's working out. But, uh, but yeah, this is not the relationship that you think would kind of go away. Yeah, but it has yeah, that's what, that's and that well, that that'll be a test because. I don't know if there's any other sports in, in the gaming the real sport gaming uh, world that has that kind of a licensing relationship. And I don't know if any others will be able to step away because it seems like the others are tied so tightly into that brand, you know, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL. I don't think they can do anything outside of it. So I, I don't know if we'll see anything else. Brand I don't off, think we'll we see if it works for this. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the aim of what was an aim bot. Uh, how would you? How would someone still be able to cheat if they're doing yeah. game streaming? Uh, there's a roboticist that built a hardware aimbot, and you know it, it, they say it outperforms the pros. Um, now this is a device where it's actually moving a mouse, not doing anything any of it with software. There's a little video. Yeah, I don't know if you want to play that. that yeah, here really quick, uh, and, and and you can see this in action. Okay. Yeah, it's tracking the it's tracking the uh, it's tracking the blue dots. Yeah, this is not so complicated. Tracking, no, and so this is. But if you look at the device, you can see the little thing. Four little servos. Below. Yeah, yeah, it's it's moving it around and fairly accurate. 
uh, you know, people were giving suggestions of changes he can make, design changes he could, that they could make to have something that goes well, faster, is a little more responsive. And I will notice this does not appear to be clicking. This is just hovering over because it's not actuating the the clicker. At is least it from, not? It's, I don't see it's not you pushing it? anything down. Um, oh, is it not? I wonder if they because you could tap into that button, you know, and he might be using a little switch to do it no it's just the sound of the game yeah it sounds like it's something that just if they go over it it's doing that. it just but, you know, just that would be it. it'd be just as easy for them to do yeah you know if they're doing it on hardware device yeah so there you got i mean it this is not it, with all of and it's not it's 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 ai but it's almost not really ai i mean it's it, it's literal it's literally the computer. In this case, it's a black background and the computer identifying a blue circle and knowing yeah. where the very the, that's basic AI. It, well, now, and that's the thing to the point is, where it'll recognize running characters in a video yeah. game. That's way different from all kind types of angles and scenarios. Yeah, I've worked with um, some of the AWS AI technology uh, and in done some training of their of their various tools for that and getting it to recognize static images alone is can be difficult and they have i didn't do any of the video ones i think they have video things available that you can train as well but doing this i guess the one thing that would work for you is you'd have to be part of some group that's sitting here and training these things that's you know putting in a lot of hours to train what is a i mean you could just have people recording video gameplay and having it recognize what is a, a character that you want to detect and shoot there would be a lot of training that goes into this beyond just the, the physical moving moving of the mouse because that's really not what it's about because you can imitate that just as easily without having any servos and not using a real mouse you could virt virtually make those things move inside of the mouse because that's all you're really doing anyways you just turn the little roller ball rather than uh doing that and you have the exact same thing but it can go as fast as you want I, yeah it's an interesting idea but you know, they, you can tell they're definitely not making something that they're going to view as usable. They're doing it more as a showpiece. Well, and you I think this, this is with software. You could do this with software, but I think there's a couple of you know there's a couple of reasons that you're starting to see this. One of them, of course, is what's going on now with cloud streaming and cloud gaming. It, the ability to run an executable file and do some of these things on host, like you were previously able to do. Are no longer going to be uh, no longer going to be available, uh, you know when you're when you're streaming games. So um, you can you know you can kind of see what he's doing here. It's I mean it's literally it's just it's object tracking with color identification. Again, the goal is for me is not to minimize this because I couldn't even be able to begin understanding how how all of this works in doing this. Um, but this is a very far stretch from this to running something in a game like uh, call of duty PUBG, or, yeah. call of duty yep. and 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 using it we are very far yep. away from that so i mean you can see how it is tracking the individual boxes and how it is going from one of them to the other this is in a I mean, this, this black is the background basics. with a bark with a bl bright blue ball yeah this is incredibly basic but the thing is, is what it would come down to is training and that that is going to be much more difficult but yeah with technology and the changes that have been made in the last five years alone with this type of technology, I do don't see that as far away. Uh, we just need to get to the point where AI is able to detect and say, Hey, that's a, that's an NPC. You know, I can recognize it because I see these characteristics on it. That's harder to get a computer to do accurately uh, with variable. So many variables changing in a video game. So once they get that figured out to where the AI is, is smart enough, to be able to do just like our brains, hey, I can barely see a little notch there, and it moves a little bit differently than everything else. That to me is a player, you know. Yeah. And having it because like my wife plays that sniper elite gamer. She used to play that quite a bit, and that's all about seeing a slight change in something that you know you see a whole landscape, and then there's a slight little variation somewhere that you're noticing because yeah. you're doing pattern recognition. Um, get the AI to that, and then you'll have something that really is going to be hard to compete against. But it's going to be um, really inaccurate at first. I threw a video. I threw a link to. There's two different videos in the show notes. One is that little video demo that we showed of the actual uh, thing, and then there's one of more of kind of how does it work. It's like a five or six minute video showing um, 
the showing the the little bit behind the process of how this guy made the whole thing work. So I'll I'll watch that after the show. But there's no question about it, Brian. You will be able to within the next couple of years go on um, Amazon or something like that, and or not probably not Amazon. Well, maybe Amazon, Amazon or eBay, or put together some sort of kit thing that you will put on top of your screen or will watch your screen and control a mouse or do something like that because mobile gaming and cloud gaming is going to get rid of a very large market, which is creating cheats, hacks, and all of the different exploits that go into gaming. So people, which is a large business. Which you're talking which we've learned, yeah. People are always going to cheat. <laughs> They're going to do well, their best to cheat however they can. And- and it's not just that people are going to cheat. Some of these cheats are big business. Like they're charging $70, $80 a month for these yeah, subscription services. This stuff is outrageous. I mean, it's more than my and internet people, bill. And the thing is, if it's an exclusive enough cheat to where they're not getting detected and they're not getting banned and they're able to get all of that prestige or whatever it is they're earning on their account, mm-hmm. that's worth it for them. $70 is a small price to pay to be at the top of the leaderboards. That's why we saw for a period of time so many what professional video game players, you know, that played in tournaments and everything, getting busted for various cheats. Because when they go home and they figured out how to be really slick with it, so they don't get caught when they're streaming and make it really, you know, really subtle to where they can get a big following, make a bunch of money. Uh, but then when they go to those real tournaments, man, they're kind of screwed and they can never yeah. quite perform the same. And you see certain ones that that were busted. It's like, oh, they were cheating. Yeah, because they can't play. But, you know, there's a difference between response times and everything that those people that are really good have. That's why there's 50, so many 15 year olds when they have that Twitch uh, reaction time. Uh, you know, there's a reason for that. And if you don't have it and you're relying on a computer to do it for you, and then all of a sudden you have to do it for real, you're not going to be anything close. You haven't been training yourselves every day like those kids have <laughs> hours and hours a day playing that same stupid game, same map over and over again, just trying to get it to where they respond and act, you know, react that much quicker and get the shot. Agreed. So, see where that goes. Um, well, do you care where we go? For, is anyone cover anything else? There was the that hack that happened in Costa Rica. Do you want to talk about that really quick? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> what you got? So, Costa Rica is declaring a national emergency because they they got a ransomware attack, and so uh, this has been a pretty big one. Uh, they said Leaping Computer. This article is out of there. Observed uh, accomplished most of these. 72 gigabyte dump that appears to contain data belonging to the Costa Rican government agencies. So uh, this, you know, I, who knows what kind of information is in here. Uh, the declaration was signed into law here on May 8th, um, same day as the economist and the former prime minister of finance effectively became the country's 49th and current president. Um, so they declared this national emergency right after this. And it's been over multiple government bodies that it's affecting. Um, a pretty big deal. I mean, 672 gigabytes can be a lot or can be very little. It depends what all these documents are. It could be a lot of uh, things that are supposed to be top secret information, things that they definitely wouldn't want. There could be private citizens' information that maybe you don't want out there. Um, a lot of stuff going on. So this was, I think, the Ministry of Labor and Social Security. Uh, that's one that I think would be a pretty big deal. Could have a lot of personal bank account information could be all kinds of things uh, in that data the social development family allowances fund so there's access to money um, their inner university headquarters their costa rican finance ministry that's a pretty big one who knows what kind of numbers and things that they have in there so a pretty big hack i don't know what other things they can really do they published a lot of this data out there uh, it is reported that the u.s government is rewarding up to $15 million to anyone providing information that can lead to the identification and arrest of the ransomware's leadership and operators. $15 million. That's, uh, that's pretty big. And the U.S. Department of State pledged to offer up to $10 million for information on the identity and location of the threat actors with an additional $5 million bounty for leading the arrest and or convictions of the individual responsible for these attacks. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> But yeah, this is a danger. We've gone into this modern age where everything is digitized. Everything is online. You take care of your taxes online. You do, you file for this and you file for that. This is one of the things that can happen. Uh, you know, we keep putting everything, the U.S. government goes to extreme lengths to put things in places, especially the FBI, the CIA, and whatever other organizations 
have a lot of special services and ways that they store all that data in ways that you can't get data out of it. Even if you have access to something, getting it copied to your computer to get it out of the building is a struggle. You know, they, they really lock these things down. The fact that they were able to go into these major organizations and pretty much do a full dump of their data uh, is a pretty big deal. And, you know, you wouldn't want it to happen here because imagine all the, the consequences you could have financially. That with oh, companies. absolutely. There could be a lot of damage done. And usually the person doing this would be a government, a foreign, not friendly government that is using it to hurt your, uh, your country financially. You know, this happens now. Why do you think there's special apps in North Korea that all they do is try to hack the United States constantly? That's all they're doing. China has the same thing. I'm sure about some of Russia's as well. And how much of that, you know, was not a bunch of government, whatever, uh, you know, politics. Uh, but they, these things happen on a regular basis and they're trying to get ways to hurt the average American. You know, when they're doing it to America, they want to be able to hurt our economy. They want to make people feel less secure. They want to do whatever they can to make people not have confidence in the American system. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's why it's a danger to the United States to have these things happen. So who knows where this is going to go? Uh, you know, were they doing it just for money? You know, if they're offering 15 million, then, you know, I don't know. I, I don't see on here what the what they were trying to get from them prior to leaking all this information. They said they demanded a $10 million ransom from the ministry, which the government declined to pay. But the what a US surprise. government's offering a $15 million reward <clears throat> to be able to catch the guys. How much which, is hey, the US offer? I'm all about not, not paying $15 million. They, they asked, they asked the, the, hold on a second. Uh, that hold government second. for $10 million. Hold on. The U.S. government, who I yeah. just heard from the president today, talked about inflation and talked about how tough yeah. U.S. individuals are having right now. You're telling me that the U.S. government is offering anybody $15 million to information that deals to a hacking thing that happened in Costa Rica? Yes. Yeah. I guess just add that to the $40 billion we seem to be sending to Ukraine on a daily <laughs> basis. So I guess uh, I know. Doesn't, hey, hey, I guess right doesn't matter that you can't afford gas in your car as long as we catch the Costa Rican actors. What a bunch of bullshit. It sounds a lot like what my wife said earlier. She's like, you know, we're sending all this money overseas, yet, you know, we, we have a lot of things we could be helping to ease here for Americans. Yeah, the it is it very interesting when you break it down like that. I, I uh, Yeah, I, I, I watched a lot of that today. So, uh, so yeah, very interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Was there anything else you want to cover? I mean, we got a lot of other stuff on here, but. No, I think we're good. Really? Uh, all right, cool. Well, hey, if you want to find me, you can find me at Brian Aldridge and Gab Parler. Uh, and if you want Twitter at Boise Computer, of course, you can go to my blog, biteoftech.com, and there's different ways that you can contact me or find my social media right there. Uh, if you want to go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, first, I encourage you to go to the, our Discord. That's the place where we've got 10 ARC servers, a lot of ways that you can contact people, uh, hang out. We've got our politics channel. We've got a news channel. If there's something you think we should be covering on the show, put it in there, and we'll talk about it. Uh, and we've got... A, if you want to contact us, us directly for questions, that's the perfect way to do it. If you want to watch the video form of the podcast, you can do that through a Twitchy YouTube, BitChute, and DLive. And then the audio forms are all at the lower right-hand side. For whatever device, a lot of different ways to listen and services down there. But those are all after the fact. You cannot listen to those live. So if you're going to be after the fact, you can follow along in the show notes because those will be posted as well. Those have links to all the various articles, videos, everything that we covered during our live show. We'll have a link to it in in the that should the show notes page so if you're if you're doing that that really helps to i think add to it especially for people that can't see some of the videos because some of the things that we show you really need a video for that if you want to support the show there's the option up top in the menu or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support where prime gaming subs and everything else has really helped to pretty much have to where you have the funds to go to a gaming convention as soon as one is ready to accept people Absolutely. And we uh, patiently await a time where that is feasible. Brian, as always, thank you very much, my friend. Greatly appreciated. A quick programming note. Sure. We'll be live next Monday. So looking at your calendar, not that it matters for our, our live audience here, um, but uh, yeah. looking at our uh, calendar, that'll be next Monday. The 16th is when we will be live. So that'll be uh, 516. Same place. We'll still be live at 7 o'clock. 
and uh, you can check that out over on our live channel, uh, infectionpodcast.com forward slash live for that. And you can uh, check out our live broadcast on a Monday. So maybe you're a uh, after the podcast listener and you can't catch it on Tuesdays. Well, you know, you'll have the opportunity to do it on a Monday. So, Brian, thank you very much. We'll uh, have a nice uh, week and uh, we'll see you next Monday. See you soon. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. As always, we appreciate that. And, of course, appreciate you checking in here to another episode of Infection. If you want to uh, check me out on various social media platforms, you can visit my websites, nickcraig.com or nickcraig.net. If you missed any portion of this illustrious program, you can head on over to our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next Monday.